Welcome to Friendship with God. Now, as you know, every Thursday and Friday, we have been studying the book of Exodus. And Tom Cantor's been taking us through in deep detail so that we don't look over any of the important truths that God has for us in the book of Exodus. Now, all of these messages are available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. So if you've missed any of our Exodus series so far, they're all available at friendshipwithgod.org right under our radio archive. Or you can call us at 1-800-247-3051 and we can give you some more information or even make some CDs available to you if you need that. We've got also DVDs and other teachings from Tom Cantor from the book of Genesis as well as the book of Exodus. Now, this month's resource that we have and we've been offering to you on the air in the month of January is Tom Cantor's acclaimed book called Understanding the Jewish Messiah. Now, it parallels the history and the future of the Jewish people and it's as seen through the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis. This is an amazing book. You're going to want to get a copy of this. So we want you to call us today, 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. This book will help you to understand the Jewish people better. This will also help you in our Exodus study with understanding why Moses and the children of Israel are in the position they're in and how that all started as a result of Joseph as seen in the life of the history of Jewish people. So again, call us 1-800-247-3051 to get your copy of this book. You can also go to our websites. We have an online store at all of our websites, friendshipwithgod.org and israelrestoration.org, where you can get this book at our online bookstore. Or again, call us at 1-800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our study in the book of Exodus today. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Then there was a time when, as far as the Jewish people were concerned in Egypt, Moses just disappeared. He ran. He was in exile. Moses disappeared from the Jewish people during that time when he ran away for fear of of Pharaoh, and he ran into his exile in the land of Midian, as we're going to see. And it says there in Exodus 2.15, Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in a land, in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. For that time period, which was 40 years, for that time period in which Moses was separated, he sort of disappeared as far as Israel was concerned, Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ who also left Israel after his death as he said in Luke 13, 35, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, ye shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. He also said in John 16, 16, A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. During that time when Moses was gone, it just got worse for the Jewish people. Israel suffered worse under the Egyptian tyranny during that time when Moses was removed. As it says in Exodus 2, 23-24, And it came to pass in process the time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. 
after Moses first revealed himself, so to speak, as a savior to the Jewish people when he killed the Egyptian, and Moses then left, what happened? It got worse and worse for the Jewish people. And in that separation from the Jewish people, Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who during his separation from the Jewish people also saw the Jewish people suffer more and more during the time when the Lord Jesus Christ was removed from earth. We only have to remember that a short uh, number of years afterward, after he left this earth, Titus came in and destroyed Jerusalem. And the Lord Jesus Christ spoke of this in Luke 23, 28 through 30, when on his way to the cross, on his way to die for the sins of man, on his way to make the great atonement, we read about the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus turning unto them said, daughters of Jerusalem. There was a group of Jewish women who were weeping behind him evidently on his way up. So he says, but Jesus turning unto them said, daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in the which they shall say, blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. And again, as we said, he stretched out his arms to Jerusalem when he cried out, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I gather thy children together as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not behold, your house is left unto you desolate. It says in Hosea 5.15, speaking of this time of separation, where he says, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. Now, during this time when Moses was separated, even though the affliction was great, God nevertheless kept Pharaoh from destroying the Jewish people. So God cared for the Jewish Jewish people during that time. He protected them when Moses was separated from them in the land of Midian. As it says in Exodus 2.15, when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And they were there when Moses returned back because God had taken care of them. So under that care and protection, when he was separated, Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who also cared and protected the Jewish people during this time, especially, and all throughout the history, when their enemies have sought to destroy them. And so uh, it says there that... uh, that those that wanted to kill the Lord Jesus Christ in John 7.30, then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. So God also not only protected the Jewish people, he protected Moses during that time, and he protected in the same way the Lord Jesus Christ during the time when they wanted to destroy him. God cares for Israel during the time when Moses is gone, as we've seen. And this is what, what is happening today. The Lord Jesus Christ is in heaven. What is he doing in heaven? We have a description, and it's in Acts 5.31. It says, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel 
and forgiveness of sins. So we could say, what is it that the Lord Jesus Christ is doing now during the time? He has been exalted to care for, to help, to bring the Jewish people to himself, to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. Then we only have to think of the life of Moses to remember that after that 40-year separation time in the land of Midian, God resent Moses back to Israel. We're going to see that in the history of Moses, how in the life of Moses, he had thought that he had just sort of gone into a permanent retirement in the land of Midian. But when he's a full 80 years old, God interrupts that time in the land of Midian, and God sends Moses back to Egypt. Why? Go back to Egypt to the Jewish people to save them from the Egyptians. And at that time, we're going to see in that second coming of Moses into Egypt, we will see in that great time when God sent him there, there was the great words of Exodus 3 from the burning bush when God said to Moses in Exodus 3, 9 through 10, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. In that second coming of Moses to rescue the Jewish people, we will see how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ who will come a second time, second coming, to rescue the Jewish people as predicted in the book of Zechariah, verses four, chapter 14, verses 2 through 4, when God says, For I will gather against Jerusalem to battle. I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth. That's the second coming. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a great, very great valley. And half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. See, at this second encounter, when Moses comes back, and see, and the Jewish people recognize this Moses, who they rejected with the words, who may be a prince and a judge over us. This same Moses, they then come to receive and recognize as their God-sent Savior. And how the Jewish people changed their attitude toward Moses from one of who may be a prince and a judge over us to accepting Moses as their judge and prince and savior. And that change of attitude, in that change of attitude, we'll see how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the Jewish people also will change their attitude toward. An attitude from despising and rejecting him to an attitude of calling themselves the people of God and him God. 
That's given to us in Isaiah 53, 3, as we already read. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He is despised and we esteemed him not. That's the current attitude of the Jewish people toward the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's going to change as it changed for Moses to Zechariah 13, 9. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and will try them as gold is tried they shall call on my name what's that name the lord jesus christ they shall call on my name and i will hear them i will say it is my people and they shall say the lord is my god total change in attitude as it was with moses so it shall be with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're very much looking forward to that day, and when that happens, then it will be recognized how Joseph was also like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, in that in his first scene that we see him with his brothers, they hated him. They wanted to kill him. They sold him into the slavery of Egypt. That's what the brothers did to Joseph. But at the second encounter or the second scene with his brothers in Egypt between Joseph and his brothers or the Jewish people, that's when his brothers or the Jewish people realized that Joseph was their brother, that Joseph was their savior, that Joseph was their Lord, as it says in Acts 7.13. And at the second time, Joseph was made known to his brethren, and Joseph's kindred was made known unto Pharaoh. In these recognitions of the Jewish people, of who their Savior is, at the second encounters, the the second encounter with Joseph, the second encounter with Moses, the second encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, in those ways, both Joseph and Moses are like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, whom the Jewish people will recognize as their Lord and Savior when he comes the second time, as it says in Zechariah 12.10, and I will pour upon the house of Israel and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and they shall be in bitterness for him as one that is bitterness for his firstborn. Now, we're going to see Moses. He's going to stand up before this great king, Pharaoh. He's going to stand up against Pharaoh to protect and to rescue the Jewish people. And when we see Moses without fear stand up, as it says, and as we'll see in Exodus 5.1, And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold the feast unto me in the wilderness. And how Moses will stand up in front of Pharaoh, we'll see in that how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who without fear stood up against Satan, as we read already in Matthew 4, 8 through 10, where it says, again, the devil taketh him into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto them, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, 
For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. It had been 40 days of fasting in the wilderness. The Lord Jesus Christ was hungry. He was weak. He was very, very much dehydrated. And in that place there, he stood up to protect the Jewish people. And that's what we'll see also as Moses. Moses also got to see the destruction of Pharaoh, got to see the battle that was won. And we will see that, how on a certain day, was coming, standing on the banks of the Red Sea, Moses and all of Israel look out, and what do they see? Egyptian bodies wash up on the shore that they're standing on. Army destroyed, Pharaoh destroyed, as we'll see in Exodus 14, 30 through 31. Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great day, that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. When they see and seeing those enemies destroyed, then we'll understand how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, defeating Satan and his army, as it says in Colossians 2, 14 through 15, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it. 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose, the Son of God, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And then in Hebrews 2, 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. We'll see in this great life of Moses, in his great dedication, how God used this man to bring the people through. We'll see that how Moses will be the one who succeeds in bringing the Jewish people out of Egypt through the Red Sea safely, as Samuel spoke about it in 1 Samuel 12, 8. When Jacob was coming to Egypt, and your fathers cried unto the Lord. Then the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, which brought forth your fathers out of Egypt and made them dwell in this place. And when Moses did that, when Moses brought the people through, when Moses carried them and brought them through Egypt, out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, we'll see in that picture how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who brings us his people, out of the condemnation of sin, who brings us out of a destiny head for hell, who brings us into reconciliation, safe into heaven by the grace of God, and loses not one in the process. As he said in John 17, 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me, I have kept, and none was lost. John 10, 28, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And then we'll see Moses as the great interceder. Um, we'll see Moses saving Israel when Israel didn't see. 
when Moses was praying for them. And we'll see Moses praying in intercession for the Jewish people so that they're not destroyed in Exodus 31 through 32, where it says, And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and and have made them gods of gold. And now, yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. Such a prayer, such a dedication, such an intercession that Moses had. And when we see Moses like that, we will see that Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, who also prays and intercedes for his people, as it says in John 17, 22-21. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And then it says in Hebrews 7.25, Wherefore, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. We're going to have such a great time studying this. We'll also look and see that at the end of Moses' life when he died, he died in a place on a hill on a mountain, and God, it says, buried him. Nobody went with him, just God and Moses went alone up there. And God buried the body of Moses out of sight of the Jewish people, as it says in Deuteronomy 34, 5-6. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and he buried him, that's God, and he buried, God buried Moses, and he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth of his sepulcher unto this day. The body of Moses just disappeared out of the sight of the Jewish people. In that disappearance of the body of Moses, Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ, whose body also disappeared in the resurrection, and they weren't able to find it in the tomb, as it says in John 20, verse 2, Then she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. So in all these ways, we're going to see wonderfully how Moses was like unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what God wants to show us. Because when we come to the book of Exodus, when we come to the whole of the Bible, the key guide for us is what the Lord Jesus Christ said. Search the scriptures, he said, for in them you think ye have life, they are they which testify of me. That's what's going to make this study so exciting. And it's going to be a wonderful time that we're going to have together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our time. As we have once again Open the eternal word. And we pray, Lord, that as we have studied these verses, seen these people, that, oh God, you would impress them upon our heart. That you would press the truths, the lessons, the encouragements, the knowledge, the the information, the knowledge of God that we have learned on our hearts, that they might be ours forever. Thank you for hearing us in prayer now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Now, as you heard at the beginning of our program today, we're offering Tom Cantor's book this month as our resource, Understanding the Jewish Messiah, 
It's an amazing book. It's a detailed study in which you've never seen the book of Genesis, the life of Joseph, and the history of the Jewish people, past, present, and future in such scriptural detail. You're going to want to get a copy of this book. It's for every Christian. You're going to need this. It's also good for any lost Jewish person as they can see the history of their Jewish people and also the present status of the Jewish people as they need the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. So call us today, 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. 247-3051. Again, call us today, or you can go to our online bookstore, Friendship with God. .org, and you can get a copy of this book as well. Now, do you know any lost Jewish people? Whether it's someone at a business, a doctor, a lawyer, a friend, maybe even a co-worker or neighbor, you need to reach them with the gospel. God has called you to reach them with the gospel. Mercy was given to us as Gentiles. We need to give it out to the lost Jewish people in our nation today. So call us at 1-800-247-3051. We can get you a Tom Cantor DVD and a booklet that you'd be able to give them a gift from him so that they can be reached with the gospel. Call us today, 1-800-247-3051. Millions of copies of this have gone out around the world to reach lost Jewish people. You're going to need a copy of this. You can also get a copy for yourself for a lost family member or someone else. It's a wonderful testimony. It's on YouTube as well, so you can see the video there or on our websites. But to get a copy, call us at 1-800-247-3051. Now, has the Friendship with God radio program impacted your life or someone you know? Would you like to tell Tom Cantor about it? Well, you can do that by sending him an email. So you can email him at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Now, Cantor spelled C-A-N-T-O-R. So tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. He'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your testimony. So send it to him, Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or call our Friendship with God call center at 1-800-247-3051 so we can hear your testimony of how this has impacted your life. Thanks for listening.